welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm Kamisha Lucier, Senior Pastor of A Day of Prayer, and I'm so glad you're here today. I have something really exciting that I want to talk to you about, and it's valuing the blessing of the Lord or valuing the promises of God. And this is, the Lord put this on my heart, and it's just delighted me to take time with him to spend in his word and, and to relook at seeing things from his perspective. That's something that's always important in my relationship with God is that I see things the way he does. And that's important in the life of every believer. You have to align your vision to see things the way God does so that you are able to walk in line with him and um, have a, a consistent fellowship with the Lord. So let's get into this word. The promises of God that are given through his word, spoken or written, are vessels for him to show us his mercy and his grace. So a promise from God is how he gets his mercy and grace to us in the earth. Uh, the birth of Jesus, the coming of our Messiah in the earth is exactly that. Jesus was able to come in through the earth because of a promise that was made to Abraham. And God is a good God and he is focused on keeping his promises. He's focused on that and how he um, carries things out in the earth. And he not only wants to keep the promise to one person in one singular event of time, but he carries it throughout generations. If you take a look at Exodus, where God is talking about his description of himself, he says he keeps mercies for thousands of generations, but you could also substitute for mercy. He keeps his promises because that's exactly the vehicle that he puts his mercy in so that we're able to receive it. Now, as we examine this uh, concept of valuing the blessings of the Lord or valuing the promises that he gives us, we're going to look at two um, people in the word of God, Jacob and Esau. Now, Jacob and Esau uh, were twins. They are the sons of Isaac, who is the son of Abraham. And Esau is actually the older. And in Hebrew culture and in most, um, most tradition, traditions or cultures, aside from maybe Americans, in, in most cultures, the oldest has the, is the one who receives the inheritance and, and the oldest son in particular, that's the one who receives the inheritance and then distributes it to its siblings, uh, to his siblings to, you know, enjoy what their parents left them. So naturally, in this case, Esau would have been the one to receive um, the blessing that or the, the inheritance that was handed down. And what was of value is the blessing that was given to Abraham. And I'm just going to read that to you. Uh, Genesis 12 verses one through three. And it says, now the Lord said to Abram, this is before God changed his name to Abraham. And we, we know him, especially in America, American culture as Abraham, but his name started as Abram. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now that particular last um, line, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That is a direct reference to the Messiah coming into the earth. And in Abraham's time with God, he went through many um, times of testing his faith. But one in particular was that of offering that son of promise to God. God had received Isaac, 
as a specific word from the Lord that he was going to do for Abraham and Sarah and was the fulfilling of the, in the time and the moment of something God had said that he would, this, this promise right here that he said he would make him a father and a great nation. So he had to have children to, in order to carry it out. Now he had also had Ishmael with the bondwoman Hagar, but that wasn't the, the plan that God was working. So Sarah is the one who gave birth to Isaac, according to the word of the Lord. But after time, God said, I need to know that your heart is 100% mine. I need to know that you're completely faithful. Offer your son to me. And Abraham was obedient. Now God stopped him before he, um, officially killed Isaac, but in that mind of Abraham, he was going to carry that out. And God said, no, that's enough. I've got what I need from you. I want you to sacrifice this ram to me instead and go ahead and take your son home. So Isaac also received that blessing from his father. Now, when you read through Genesis, you'll see where Abraham had other children after Sarah, his wife died. He took another wife and she had children with him and those children, he gave them gifts, but he sent them away. The promise belonged to Isaac. So when Isaac had two sons, naturally Isaac is planning to give that to his oldest son, even though Isaac would technically be the second born to Abraham. But because of what God said, the blessing was passed to Isaac. So when we look at the two brothers, um, Jacob and Esau, they had two different perspectives about the blessing of Abraham. And when we talk about valuing it, we need to understand what that word means. Value and worth are, are important when we when it comes to what God says to us. We have to have a, a like a an appraisal of what God says in our mind. You think about real estate. When you go to sell your home, you want to know how much is this worth. So, and and this is a calculation that's basically a hard fact. This is the the cost of this home. This is how much it's worth. This is how much you can sell it for. But that doesn't include your sentimental value. And so. So this value in the way that we're talking about it is having a, a clear defined appraisal of what's being said to you, that you deem it valuable, the word of God, when it comes to you now worth, which is a very close, um, closely related word is more subjective. And it means how much does it mean to me? How much do I personally value it? What's the, the sentimental value for an example of this particular thing, what is it worth in my perspective? It may be have a hardline value of X, Y, and Z, but for me, it's worth more than that. So when the two, Jacob and Esau, came to look at the blessing of God, they both came up with different perspectives on it. Now, both of these young men grew up with their grandfather, Abraham. Uh, Genesis 18 verse 19 tells us that God trusted Abraham with sensitive information and future information. And he knew that Abraham would teach his children and after him the ways of God and, and that Abraham would also teach his household. So these gentlemen knew exactly what the blessing was. And if you reference, um, look back at Hebrews 11 verse 9, it talks about that um Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob dwelt in tents together. So they knew each other. Abraham talked to his gener his lineage about this blessing and how important it was. And they both, Jacob and Esau, looked at it two different ways. Let's look at Genesis chapter 25, verses 29 through 34. It says, now Jacob cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field and he was weary. And Jacob and Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. 
But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Now remember, the birthright was his right to inherit that blessing that came down from his forefathers, his father and his grandfather to him, that he was going to be empowered to live this um, this dynamic life. And in the same way that God spoke to Abraham, that was intended by Isaac in particular to be handed to Esau. I mean, to yeah, to Esau because he was the oldest and Jacob was the youngest, even though they're twins, Esau still came out first. And in this moment, when you're reading this, it's not necessarily easy to see, but Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. And he's standing there saying, well, I'm about to die. Is that an accurate statement? No, because they all lived in a camp together. His mom was just around the corner. His dad was there. He could have taken the time to slaughter an animal or pick up some vegetables himself and cook a meal. But it was so little in his eyesight. It was so devalued to him that he would have rather filled his stomach than hold on to this blessing, this promise that was given by God and hand it down from his forefathers and the generations before him. So the Lord describes it as Esau despised his birthright. But Jacob, on the other hand, he's sitting there stirring this pot. And when he's questioned by his brother about this soup, the first thing out of his mouth is, give me your blessing. Give me that birthright because I need it. You know, he put value on it. His mind was on it. He was thinking about it. He was saying, I need this. I'm going to have this. And, you know, if you read these um, Genesis chapter uh, 24 and 25, you'll see that Jacob was actually spoken of by God to his mother. The, the Lord had spoken a word to her that said that the the older brother will serve the younger. So his mom there, Esau and Jacob's mom already knew that Jacob was meant to be first in line for the blessing, but that may not have been widely known to the gentleman. And like I said, Esau was the one that was traditionally entitled to it. But Jacob is the one who loved it. Jacob is the one who said, I need it. He valued it. And it was worth a lot to him where it was worth nothing to Esau. Esau saw the blessing as a burden. You know, I think about my grandparents and, you know, sometimes it seems like they tell the same story over and over and you're like, why are you telling me this story, grandma? Why are you telling me this story, granddad? Or, you know, things of that nature, but they tell the story because it meant something to them. And we already have confirmation from the word of God and God's testimony of Abraham that he was going to teach his children the ways of God. So that means he passed this down. He explained how that worked, how God needed faith and how he believed God and walked with him and how God was faithful. Even the birth and the appearing of Isaac to be the father of Esau and Jacob was a miracle. That was the evidence that this blessing of God was real, that it was powerful and it was everything that he needed. But Esau despised it. He said it didn't matter. It wasn't worth anything to him. Oh, actually it was worth a bread, a bowl, a piece of bread and a bowl of soup. That's what he he thought it was worth to him. But Jacob said it, this is my prize. This is my, my field of great price. This is the pearl that is worth much to me. And I have to have it. Now, first John chapter five, verse three says this, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. 
So Esau thought little of the things of God and the ways of God. And even if you carry on and look at his life after that, yes, God blessed him because God is faithful to himself. He doesn't deny himself. But Esau still, he was taking wives from foreign lands. He was going against what um, his father and mother instructed him because as a matter of fact, Isaac's wife did not, was not a foreigner, but came from the people, Abraham's relatives. So even that Esau still continued to live his life outside of what God had because he didn't value the ways of God. He didn't value what God was saying to him. He didn't value the blessing or the promises, but Jacob honored God and he followed, he followed God throughout. And he was the one who ultimately inherited. Now he did go by scheming and conniving to get it, but he didn't need to do that. He was so intent on having it that he was willing to do anything. Now, here's how we carry this out. We enter into trust with God. There's no, we don't carry out God's plan by doing criminal works and activities. We don't, we don't do the will of God by, by being ungodly or being contrary to him. So I'm not condoning that. I'm not saying that whatsoever. God would have given it to him regardless. And, but Jacob valued it so much that he was willing to do anything to have it. And God is, he wants us to have that perspective, but also be mature to enter by faith and let the faith of God do the work and let the Holy Spirit bring to pass in our lives what he wants to have come to pass. But he still wants us to prize it and to value him and his word and his ways above all else. And the last part of this verse in first John chapter five, and his commandments are not burdensome. When God gives you a promise, yes, it requires that you continue in faith, but that's not a burden. That's an honor. That's a privilege. That is a reward for us walking with our Lord to be able to carry out and display in the earth that his plan does in fact work. And it's a privilege and an honor for us to be a part of it. Now Esau, when he gave this away, thinking it was, oh, it's only uh, getting to be important or it's only this, that, and the other, he missed out on something that was far more important, but wasn't readily available to the human mind or the human eye. He missed out on being in the lineage of the Messiah. Think about that for a second. If he had known this, that the savior of the world is going to come through your lineage, do you think he would have given that birth right away? I venture to say, if he had any heart towards God, probably not, because that's, that's really important. But if he had no heart or towards God, he would have disregarded it as he did. But Jacob clearly saw beyond what was right in front of him. He could see down the road some. He had some understanding of revelation um, and revelation on how far this could go. So Esau gave up his opportunity to be in the lineage of the Messiah. But Jacob was there. This promise brought Jacob right into line with that in the earth, because this, again, his God's promises to us are his vessels of mercy. Jesus is here. His, he died and shed his blood for us and was raised from the dead for God to show us the mercy and the grace of redemption that came through that promise. And guess what? When you look at Matthew chapter one, you see the, the play by play lineage linking Jesus all the way um, back to Adam and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are there. But you also see two other people there who themselves took the same perspective that Jacob had. They valued the blessing of the Lord. They valued the promises of God and being in life with God. And that's Ruth and Rahab, or Rahab came first and then Ruth. Rahab the harlot 
in, in particular, the one all the way back <laughs> when they were taking down the walls of Jericho and the children of Israel were coming into the promised land. She believed God. She linked up with the promises of God and the blessing of God and was able to be a part of it because she prized it. She prized the principles and the things of God and was included in the lineage of the Messiah. What an honor. And Ruth, likewise, when her, her first husband died, she stayed with Naomi and she wanted to be a part of the things of God. She valued and prized God above all else. And she um, was in in that process of clinging to her mother-in-law, she clung to God in particular, but demonstrated that by walking with her mother-in-law and continuing with her to be the people of God. She was redeemed by Boaz. And that put them both in line to have this, this recognition to be a part of this miraculous life, um, world altering thing of the Messiah coming into the earth. So as God is bringing his word before your eyes, as he's putting things in your path and he's saying, this is what I want for you. Please don't limit him by what your eyes can see to determine if it's worth your effort and time or not. Our God is a dynamic, a wonderful, powerful, and good God. And when he speaks, he speaks on many levels all at the same time. And he's speaking through generations. So don't limit or see little in your eyes the things that he's promising you, but know that it carries a far greater weight of glory with it. And he's offering you a chance to be a part of it. So I just want to encourage you today, cling to the word of God, cling to God in his ways and watch him carry out that goodness in your life. And then you'll see it come into generations in ways that you never imagined possible because he is just that great. He's so wonderful and he's so good. So I thank you for this time of spending time with me on the podcast. I hope you are encouraged. I hope your faith is strengthened and I hope you're maturing in the things of God so that you become a skillful and powerful um, man or woman of God wielding the power of God the way you're meant to, those weapons of our warfare and following God in a relationship way closer and closer every day. Please take a moment and like this episode, subscribe to this channel and share it with someone if you have an opportunity. Thank you so much. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.